All right, let me just reduce the volume. This time I'm recording with headphones on so I can listen to music you don't hear, but I've muted it and also talked. I think I prefer to not hold my phone, so, or my AI, as I call it sometimes. I'm drinking some water. Hold on. All right. I've started making, this is a recent development. I threw away my kettle. Oh my God, that sounds bad. Kettle, like the thing that you warm water in, not kettle with C. Kettle with a K. <laughs> I throw away my kettle. The C is super funny. Um, and I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to make tea? You know, because I'm, I'm Russian, which means I'm addicted to tea. So, not really. So, but of course. So, and I was like, okay, I can make it like cold. Like, so I just put the tea in the cold water and it works fantastically. And from now, from here on out, I think I'm going to use cold brews of tea and water. I think that's nice. Um, it's funny because I'm recording now for everyone, but I'm feeling conflicted because I know somebody, like some people can't be listening to me because now I'm in a shared hotel, let's put it that way. But so funny because, well, it's not paradoxical because as I'm recording to you guys or you girls right now, or you trans or you trans, oh my God, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy <clears throat> that I'm listening to podcasts on Spotify because I'm like, I'm getting like the cutting edge of society of what's happening and things like I'm following like Gary Vee, Joe Rogan. And I would never encounter the terms discussed otherwise like because i don't like i've i've had this like i've slept like 17 hours this, this night and i had this dream where, where there was a teacher and she was like write this down and i was like is that a threat <laughs> she's like what the fuck and i was like no my learning mechanism is audio so i listen i don't write uh and if that's not fine with you i'm, I'm happy to go so i didn't say the last part but that was like as they say, uh, how do you say it in English? Well, obvious, like not obvious, but like, uh, how do you say that? Hinted? Anyway, so Joe Rogan was talking about trans, it wasn't transgender, it was transracial people. Like one person turned himself green. And I was like, what the fuck? Like nothing wrong with that. I'm not against that. I'm trying to be politically correct. But I'm, oh, but I'm truly not against that. I don't give a fuck what color skin you have. I think probably I have some subconscious mechanisms that that say otherwise. You know, everybody has something. But oh my god, I like that quote by Ken Wilber. Like I don't like everything he says. I think I'm learning that most of the things that I like that he says I don't appreciate anymore. Like I think about it differently, and I will talk about that more extensively. But he has some really good stories, and I. Apologies, remember that I was once in France and I really enjoyed like I had no phones and I would only listen to uh I think it was cosmic cosmic consciousness. 
which I think was the first time, I think like if you listen to books and uh, hold on, if you listen to books or audiobooks, it's essentially usually a monologue. Like he's talking to you or to the reader, but it's one person talking. What was different in cosmic consciousness was that was a conversation between Tammy, uh, whatever, the host of, uh, sounds true, I think, uh, with him. And that was amazing. Uh, she asked questions. It was more like an interview. It was probably somewhat set up, like it was, but it's okay because, you know, like podcasts or interviews, doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It doesn't have to be, like, it could be structured, it could be unstructured. So Joe Rogan is like less structured, I believe. Like, I don't know if he makes up questions before because it feels so natural. I think he just flows with the tide. So I'm happy, like, I'm, I'm listening to Gary Vee and I'm listening to, like, you can look at my profile, like, uh, I, can, I, I think it's all public, like, what I'm following. So I started following a lot of podcasts recently. I just clicked follow. I don't know if I'll actually listen to the podcast or I'll think they'll, they're good, but I'll stop, like, I'll filter them as I go along. But I wanted to be in the know via audio format. Like, I don't want to use, I used to use Flipboard or, like, which is an app for, like, text news. It's like... I want to get my news, and I had this thought today, I want to get my news in audio format. And the reason, other than that that's just my format, everybody has their way of learning, which I learned this from Eric, I want to say Eric from, who's an author on the psychology of relationship and stuff like that. But no, it's Eric, uh, not Eric Reese, the startups guy. Eric, I forgot his name. It's like the, the preacher guy, the, the really cool black dude was like uh is like happy monday or like something like that i used to listen to him in the past so when i listen eric i forgot his name he's like a, a motivational speaker or, or he's really good so i listened to his book and then he was like he was talking about how he was teaching people who were struggling and he said everybody has their style of learning and some people it's video like i used to watch a lot of youtube videos some people it's text i used to read a lot of books um, some people it's audio and I found out that at least for me, at least for this period of time, it's audio. And, and one of the benefits of audio for you guys listening, and I'm talking about specifically conversations. So podcasts and not audiobooks and not like, uh, reports, like no monologues because the culture, and I think Gary V talks about that a lot. The culture today is so like quick Snapchat. You know, you just watch this, watch, you watch this, like, one tweet, one Facebook conversation thread, you know. Everybody, like, writes a sentence and thinks they changed the world. And maybe they did. Like, I'm not dissing anybody. You can change the world with one sentence on Twitter. Elon Musk does that every day. But and you don't have to be him for that. And you don't have to change, like, a lot of people's minds to change the world. But whatever that means. And I respect everybody's way and everybody's like favorite platforms that I don't, I don't, I used to use like Twitter, Facebook, like all these things. But I realized, and I think you might realize that as well, that in podcasts, you get to hear an hour, two hours, three hours of deep conversation. And that doesn't happen. It does happen on the news sometimes, but that's like, there is an interest behind that because there are people who are, you know how it works. You don't have to be a conspiracy expert for that. Like, it's, it's regulated so unless it's like crystal ball or stuff or stuff like that which are more crystal ball and uh her partner 
they have a cool podcast. And I, and I discovered that through Joe Rogan. So you could listen to news, and there are news podcasts. But I'm not just talking about like recent events in Israel or in the United States or Canada or whatever. I'm talking about like deep conversation. And you don't get that, I believe, as much on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, I think like I like this what Gary Vistin says that like people forgot how to talk uh, because we always text. Everything is text today. So I'm even considering... And, like, I have a friend who most of the time when she texts me, she makes a voice recording. And I really like her voice. Like, if I wouldn't like her voice, that would be very hard for me. Uh, another friend who stopped being a friend and disconnected from me, uh, I won't say his name, but he was on the podcast. And it's okay. Like, some people need their time. He said, like, don't send me voice messages. I don't know why. Like, he didn't say why. But he preferred text. And I said, I don't want your text. Like, I feel like you're... Like, I don't, I want to hear your voice because sometimes what you write and what you say, and if you experiment with that, like, if you just write a message, like a draft message in a group with yourself to somebody, and then record what you have to say, you will experience that it might be completely different output. And it doesn't mean that the voice is truer than the text, but it's, it's funny that it's different. So I'm thinking about, I'm considering doing like uh like one week or 21 days of only voice messages like outgoing you know if, if you want to write to me that's fine i will make you uh voice message me right now but i had this thought of making a an app which has a lot of customization a lot of skins a lot of like like you can make it beautiful and not not not, not just themes or wallpapers you can like really change it like if you're old enough to remember, I'm happy I can say that right now because I'm 30. But <laughs> I'm so old. If you remember Winamp, it has so many skins. And it was beautiful. Winamp was an audio player, speaking of, which was I used to use in the past. Uh, nowadays, uh, maybe it's still there. I don't know. But nowadays, I use Spotify. I don't have anything uh, downloaded. But you can download on Spotify. So it's pretty much the best platform for audio. And I, I don't know if they have audiobooks, but I don't give a fuck. I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks and read a lot of books. And I was changing from monologues to conversations. And, and this is like less talks, less TED Talks, less conferences, less lectures. Because that's the format of school. You come, you come to the class and you shut up and you listen. Whereas with conversation, you interact. And I think that's the new, I think Elon Musk talks about like the school that he has for his kids and it has some fundamentals. For example, you reverse engineer things, you put people in groups, you don't divert, like you don't filter by age, like so there are many different ages of the same class, it depends on their progress. Um, but I think one of like, if I were to create a school or if I were to just discuss the idea of education, which I am all about really, uh, I was told by many by many people, and it's funny how people you like don't. Next time you get into an Uber or a taxi, which I think taxis are gonna be over soon, it's not only only gonna be Uber uh, or stuff like that or similar apps. So just ask the taxi cab driver if he doesn't know you, what does he think you you do? That's a really funny question because I had several taxi drivers say, "Oh my God, you're probably so into education." 
I was like, whoa, like a, like a repetitive pattern. I was like, oh my God, that's interesting because I never considered myself to be in, into education. They made me think about that. And, but I do have a lot of thoughts about education and the education system and like, hold on. Anyway, what I would say is that the classes, if any, if, they sh if there should be any classes, you have to redefine what a class is. You don't have to sit at a desk and write. Like, why would you? It's not everybody's style. But if, the, if there's like a communion, a gathering, I think you should probably have multiple teachers, like not just one on 30, because it's very hard on the teacher. Any teacher knows that. I used to teach like at Wall Street English. Wall Street is the English school, not the uh, place in New York. I think it's in New York. Not yet. Anyway, so every time I said I used to teach at Wall Street, I was like, really? In the United States? I was like, no, no. In the English school, local Wall Street. And it's tough, especially with kids. Like, it's tough. One on 30, it's tough. So Eric, this guy was a teacher, so he taught me about this, like, style thing. And Anthony Robbins also touches upon, he says, like, you don't remember things unless you write them. But you remember things even more if you if you engage in them or apply them or teach them to somebody. So, but that's just the research. Like I don't know that that's true to like, and that's also something that I like. I consider myself to be a scientist and a philosopher because, and and I think the two things are together because there's a philosophy of science. Because I debate the question and I think about the question. I don't know if I debate it anywhere yet, but I'm thinking about the question. I'm posing the question of. How do you know something is true? How do you know the research? Like, why do you why do you think the the research means it's true? I've studied like I have a degree in mathematics. I know how statistics works to an extent. I don't buy that. I don't think that research. A lot of researchers today. There's a there are people whose job is to look at a research and say this is wrong. Like, like even by the standards of how you should make research today. Like you know different groups and and all that. I forgot the 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 term. Um, so on Joe Rogan, I recently uh, saw, I think it was Tim Dillon who said Timothy Leary faked like a lot of uh, researchers, like uh, researchers he made, like he like, he didn't compare the same age groups or the same like stuff like that. So but I'm like, even if you follow the rules by the book exactly, like, why would, why would that suggest that it's true for everyone else? And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just posing a question, which is, I think, part of science and philosophy. And that's also what, what science is. Like, it's funny because in, in math, like in the math department I study, they say nothing is true unless you've proven it. In the physics department, which I also studied, like, one course for now, but it says, Everything is true unless proven otherwise. So it's like different approach to truth. And Ken Rubles also talks about three kinds of truth. Like there's like truthfulness and there's like uh, pragmatic truth and there's like whatever I forgot. So it's I think it's, it's the pursuit of truth or of, of, of accuracy. Because even if you think about physics, like, like Newtonian mechanics, we know it doesn't work in physics when we reach like high speeds or speeds close to the light so we know that the formula isn't true for everything but if you throw a stone and you know the wind and you know the gravity you can very meticulously very accurately know where it will land and how it would fly 
So it's not stupid or wrong, but it's limited in how and very local in how true it is because I'm a different star or a different galaxy or where time works differently or where there's no time or where there's whatever, like things work differently. So you have to understand the, the parameters of where it works and why it works. So Newtonian mechanics is true to, to an extent locally sometimes, but it's not true for like extremely heavy objects or extremely speedy objects. Uh, like how do you know that the speed of light is the speed of light? Like we know that Max Planck um, and other researchers have measured it, but how do you verify that that's true? How do you verify that the theory like of relativity is true? Did you read it? Uh, because we have these four laws and we're trying to unite them into one law, but then that doesn't work either. So, and then there's the antiparticles we think, and I'm sorry if I'm getting too much into details if you're not tech, not tech savvy, science savvy, physics savvy, whatever. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to end on this note with the science, I think. Uh, antiparticles are supposed to weigh the same thing as the particles, but we found that's not true. So it kind of violates uh, the theory of relativity, as far as I understand. So, but it still applies. Like things, there's technology that works on the principles, which is just a philosophy or a, like you have to have what's it called falsifiability, like the ability to falsify something. Otherwise, it's not a valid scientific claim. I think, says Thomas, Thomas Kuhn, who was, and that's why I studied from Ken Wilber, was the philosophy of, one of the philosophies of science by Thomas Kuhn. So he says there's three strands. There's like, you have to be, like in DNA, you have to uh, cautiously do an action, like if it's raining outside. That's how I like he, like he explains things. He says, it's raining outside. That's a theorem. How do you test that? So first of all, you have to have an injunction, which is to go and check if it's raining outside. So you look at the window or you go outside, whatever. There's an injunction. Go outside if you get wet. You know, it's probably raining. Although, you know, some, somebody might be throwing water at you. <laughs> you don't know. Second, you compare it with uh, the group of people who did A. Uh, because you might be delusional. So you have to compare it with like 30 people, say, did A. And, and then they have to kind of vote together and see like if, if like 29 of the 30. And then I'm like, hold on. Are you saying that you, you, you verify a truth by a democratic vote? That's weird. Because let's say, let's say 20, like, let's think about that because, and this is why I like conversation because I used to, to listen and everything makes sense because if the person believes it makes sense, he talks about it like it makes sense and like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But now if you, if you were to challenge that, I would happen in the conversation and say, well, if there's 20 people and 10 people experience that there is rain and 10 people experience that there isn't rain, who's right? You know? Could it be that they both experienced different reality? Could it be, you know, if, if none of them took any psychedelics, <laughs> assuming that, or they took the same one, like, why would you say that the majority, or why would you say that the majority is the truth and, le and the lesser, like, amount is, is delusional? Like, that's weird. That's like politics and democracy inside science. That's weird. Like, why would you think that? So there are different approaches to science. Thomas Kuhn wasn't the only one. And, and I do believe the principle of falsifiability. Like, you have to be able to check and falsify something. But I'm still kind of messing around with, like, 
the physics approach and the math approach? Like, is it true because nobody proven otherwise, or is it true because you pr proved it according to uh, whatever? So, so I'm thinking about making a scientific experiment of just sending local messages and just seeing how it feels to me. What makes sense to me is what Bashar, uh, an entity channeled by Daralenka, says, not just by Daralenka, sometimes by me as well, says that everything is true. And you can have like parallel realities of different experiences. And just because you don't experience A doesn't mean that person B couldn't experience that, you know, or different you couldn't experience that. But, and this is why. And this is how you explain magic, I think. This is how you explain people like Darren Brown. I forgot. There are many people who do like crazy. I'm not, I'm not just talking psychic. I'm talking like moving through glass, you know, sitting in, th in thin air. You know, I forgot this, the Chris Angel. Um, there are many people who do like really crazy things and there are many like Sai Baba was like a mythological figure in India I think there are many people who are unknown and obviously uh Dynamo the guy who can fly and shit like that and and Bashar explains that for some people they can quote-unquote violate the principle of for example gravity or any physics law because it is not really a law it is a local quote-unquote agreement like we have an, a reality and to have an experience we have a, like an agreement of what laws apply and i'm talking about like law you know like you can't drive over 60 and physics laws and stuff like that and some people not everybody's made to do that or supposed to do that have the ability to kind of like good lawyers find a loophole and 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 say okay gravity can for specific amounts of time not affect me if I do A and B. And there are many magicians like that. You don't have to believe that, but I do believe that. And I like I personally never experienced firsthand or secondhand. I only saw that on video, but like, I've never experienced myself flying, only in dreams. Do I believe it's possible for some people to do that? You know, I think for a very selected few, for some reason, probably. Like and we're getting to, to my desperate uh, account of what's happening in China. So there's this, uh, it's not a religion, but it's a technique. It's called Falun Gong. I think it's, if I'll ever go on podcast, and I think I'm discovering more and more where my, uh, my activism passion uh, comes up. And it comes up with water, it comes up with trees, and it comes up with veganism, and it comes up with like animals. And it comes up with Falun Dafa. Like, even though I don't practice it, I used to for a while. These people are going through, I don't want to say Holocaust, because, but they are. They're like persecuted, dismembered. They're like crazy. I don't like, I know this is very graphic, but crazy things are done to them. And the, and the basic approach is the police comes and says, do you come with me 
are you coming with me? Like if you're practicing it, for example, outside or someone knows that you do, you're either coming with me to this brainwashing facility where we're taking this, and I don't know what the fuck is going on there. And if you don't, we're going to like take your leg off right now or something like that. I don't, have, I don't have any idea why do people like resist or say fuck you and then, you know, but prob probably to practice their freedom. But there are like millions of practitioners and they're persecuted. And you're like, why the fuck? Like, why the fuck? Like, you, you don't like them being Christian. You don't like them being Jews. Fine. Like, why do you need to dismember them? What? Like, my question would be like, what are you so afraid of? Governor or whatever of China. I don't know who even initiated that. I don't blame it on the prime minister. I don't know who the fuck initiated this, but uh, action of like this dismembering people or killing them and, and you know, pursuing them, prosecuting them. So, and, I'm, and it's, it's been going on for a lot of years. And I think uh, not Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton mentioned it at some point and I think went there to kind of try to help, but very hard to help, like fucking China. So, the founder claims, like if you read his books, and I've read, I think, several, to have supernatural powers. And he claims that if you practice, some might develop supernatural powers, including flying and uh, telepath, like not tele telepathy and, and uh, what's it called when you can move things around? What's it called with your mind? With your mind? Forgot the name. Telekinesis and like other things. And 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 it's and it's funny because you know if they wanted to you know kind of silence and and, and kind of finish this movement of on the the easy the easiest way just go to the founder and kill him, but they couldn't. And it's like if China is so strong, you have such a big military. Like now he lives in the United States and he has like uh, immunity or whatever it's called. Like he has protection, but like I don't think he needs it. And I'm like, why couldn't they? locate them and kill him like you have all the resources of china you know all the intelligence all the soldiers all the weapons and on the one hand but on the other hand like he's good at protecting himself and i'm not dissing anybody i'm just posing some thoughts right now uh he's not very good at protecting the people because it might not be his job but there are many people who are being i'm, I'm saying like the practitioners so the practitioners the practitioners are being prosecuted up, not prosecuted, pursued and, and killed and dismembered and tortured and whatever. So I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever practice that again because it even reminds me of the images of that. But I'm like, that's fucking crazy, evil, you know, thing that's going on. And also the same thing with, and that's why I'm like, you know, I, I think it's probably my blood because I'm a Jew. So I'm like talking about everything Holocaust. So put on the fries one, trees, if you believe they're alive, which I believe they are. Uh, and I believe anything is alive. Uh, again, cut off in the millions. Uh, Armenians used to be, that's not enough. That's not known enough. I've just talked about it with a friend recently, new friend, that System of a Down, one of the best, uh, supposedly the best bands I used to listen to. So they were, they are Armenians. They talked about the Holocaust Armenians went through, which most people are, aren't aware of. Animals are going through. Millions and millions are going through a Holocaust, slaughtered, killed, hunted, whatever. And I know Joe Rogan hunts, but you know what? There's like ethical hunting and like not hunting, which is like, what the fuck is this? You're still killing an animal, in my opinion. 
but it's it's okay like it's okay for me and this is like why i i like that uh ken wilber says that the only two religions that have high ethical intelligence are tibetan buddhism and judaism and the reason why is because they both devote like a lot of time i don't want to quantify to discussion of what's right and whereas other religions don't i know that in yoga you have that but yoga is not really there is like a monologue of ahimsa like you don't need to injure but it's not a discussion and in in that's the same thing we're talking about. So in Judaism and in Tibetan Buddhism, you have discussions. We have different schools. We think this is right. We think this is right. We think this is wrong. And what's beautiful, and I think one time I visited a religious family somewhere, and I might end on this in Israel. They invited me for dinner. They have a very rich family. They have a huge house. And they let me stay in the other huge house. I was just wandering at the beach, and they were like, that's, I was like looking like Jesus or whatever because I had like long hair or whatever. I don't know why, what prompted them, but they were like, come over for dinner. And they were like 11 people, like kids, teenagers, adults, whatever. And I discussed the Parashat HaShavuah, which is like the relevant thing you read. Like every week you read something from the Bible and discussed like recent events. And I was fucking humbled. I was like, what the fuck? Hold on. Like, they had, it was the first time I was encountering an interaction where you had multiple points of view, like pretty much most people like disagreed or everybody has that, that somewhat, some of them somewhat agreed, but that was, that was like a, like a beautiful discussion. Nobody raised their voice or thought somebody else was flawed. Like they just had a beautiful discussion, which kind of allows I think that's what Ken Wilber points to, like the integral approach, which is that every truth has their place. I just don't think that any truth is higher than another. I think that's being high and mighty. But like, there were, it, it was just a beautiful discussion. You know, like they, nobody tried to prove themselves right or the other person wrong. They were just talking about it. And I, it's probably was a flag, like, Maybe if they didn't have guests, they wouldn't act that way. But I think that's the beautiful thing about a podcast. And I might end with this, that you have a lot of, I keep saying that, that you, you are aware that a lot of people are hearing you. So you're trying to be a little bit reasonable and, and, and kind of brings you closer to yourself because you're, you're, you are posing your thoughts, but you're really trying to not override anybody else, you know. Yeah. <sighs> You should probably remove that from object-oriented programming. You have this function called override. I'm like, we're projecting so much of our thinking to what, how we see physics, how we see programming. And I think the more we develop our understanding of ourselves as a society, then our science will have different terms. This is the philosophy part. So. Thank you for listening. And yeah.